Welcome, everybody, to Drop the Glove Sports Podcast. I am your host, Charlie. Where's Mike? Mike? Where'd you go? Mike! Oh, my God, they vaporized him! Ah! No, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just kidding with you. Mike is unable to be here tonight. Mike has come down sick uh, tonight. Uh, It's not COVID. Uh, He's just a little under the weather. Uh, So, Mike, if you're listening to this one, this one is for you, bud. Charlie is flying solo again, and I just flapped my wings or my arms just as if you could see me. Uh, But I am am flying solo tonight, guys. Uh, This is episode 10 of the podcast if you can believe it we are now 10 episodes old into this podcast and guys i get more and more excited about it i mean more and more excited um when we first started i was like man i'm nervous i don't know what i'm gonna say i don't know how i'm gonna handle myself am i gonna come across professional boring am i gonna come across fun are my opinions gonna even matter but i mean we still have a listener base I mean, we, we still get people who listen to the podcast. I get analytics every day saying, oh, this is how many people listen to your podcast today. This is uh, how many people are listening on Apple or uh, Spotify or um, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, so thanks, guys, for still listening and still following us. Uh, hopefully we're making it more and more enjoyable as we go in this podcast. So thank you guys so, so much. Uh, Mike, I really wish you were here tonight. Um, it, it's more fun with you here. It's more fun uh, bouncing um, facial expressions, opinions, uh, the ridiculousness that we go into together on this show. Uh, I enjoy it so much, man. I mean, it, it's way more fun with you here. But I am going to try my best to bring you guys some awesome news and opinions tonight and we'll just see what happens all right so like i said mike i'm sorry you're not here uh hopefully everybody listening will wish mike uh that he gets better soon and that uh, me and him can continue going on uh together uh as co-hosts for the next episode before we get into the episode uh, and before we get into some of the news stories that happened first I uh, want to say about our listenership, uh, uh, more about our listenership, and that is uh, we now have a, another country listening to us. Poland. At first it was Finland. Now it's Poland. All right. So now we have a 95% listenership in the U.S. We now have a 2% listenership in Poland, and we have a 1% li- listenership in Finland. So that's 98%. Where's the other 2%? And I have a theory on this, ladies and gentlemen. I have a theory. I really don't know if I should say ladies. Just sidebar. I don't know if I should say ladies because as of right now, all I know is we are hitting a certain demographic of um, gender, and that's men. And we're also reaching a certain demographic in age, which is 28 to 34-year-olds. So I don't know if I should say ladies and gentlemen. But whatever. Uh, But yeah, so I have a theory on what happened to that other 2%. I think that other 2% is really Canada. All right, now follow me on this. Follow me down the rabbit hole here, folks. Follow me. The reason why it's not showing 2% Canada is probably because 
Canadians don't want to admit that they're listening to an American uh, sports podcast or an American hockey sports podcast. So they're like, oh, we can't, we, we can't let them know that we're listening to them. Kind of like the FBI and the CIA. But that's another topic. <laughs> so, but yeah, Poland, guys, welcome to the show. We're so glad that you are a part of this with us. Um, I did look up the words, uh, how to say uh, thank you and cheers to you in in your native language i don't know if, if it's polish or not or if it's like slav i i don't know what the correct language is that, you, that they speak over there uh in poland but i tried looking it up and i'm not going to even try to pronounce it guys it it's no so i'm, I'm sorry but i'm not going to try i know i tried with with the fin the finnish li- listeners but I am not going to try with you guys because I tried listening to it and I tried pronouncing it and it just sounded like... <laughs> so I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, thank you, Poland, for listening. Canada, if you're listening to us, it's okay. Just send me a message, all right? I, I Nobody else has to know. Nobody else has to know, all right? All right, guys. Tonight I am drinking by myself. Oh, geez, that just sounded lo- that just sounded pitiful as it came out of my mouth. Uh, so I have some leftover beer from last week. I have the Rheingeist uh, Cincinnati made, uh, the Cheetah Lager, which was really good. I really do like that beer. Uh, so Rheingeist, congrats! You you you've made a beer that I like. Uh, and while I was at the store today, getting ready for tonight's episode, uh, I found. A Mad Tree Happy Amber Ale. Uh, it's a Cincinnati brewed, another craft in Cincinnati. It is six percent alcohol by volume. Um, I've had Mad Tree before. I think they came out with something called like a brown ale or something a few years ago. I drank it at Dewey's Pizza uh, here in Kentucky uh, one time. Uh, the brown ale was okay. And that, but now this is a amber ale. It's multi-floral and well balanced. So I'm going to, I'm going to crack it for my cousin, Mike. This is for you. Ah, oh, sounded good. Just cracking it open. So, guys, to Poland, Finland, USA, and to possibly Canada, this one is for you. Okay. Um, first impression. Definitely amber. Definitely an amber ale. I, I recognize the taste. Um, it's interesting. Mad Tree? I don't know. Maybe this is the one I tried from you guys at Dewey's Pizza. It's okay. It's definitely malty. Uh, balanced? I wouldn't... Eh, not in my opinion. Uh, floral? I'm not getting any hints of floral. Uh, whatsoever. But definitely malty. I can definitely taste that. So, but it's a, it's an okay beer. I guess uh, I guess it's an okay beer for only one host being on the show tonight. So maybe it makes sense that way. Uh, Mike was going to bring um, the Christian Moorline. Oh, uh, what was that? The Emancipator beer. We didn't get to drink that on air last week, um, but I tried it. It was a good Sunday beer, like a good after church Sunday beer. And uh, it was my first time ever drinking a Bach beer, and that was good. I am not going to lie, guys. That was really good. Dark, but very good in flavor. So I'm a little bummed 
that my again i'm bummed that mike is not here tonight because i was so looking forward to that beer so mike if you're listening to this don't drink it all bring it please bring the bach back for the next episode okay and that but hmm, i'm i'm trying to grow on it guys i'm i'm gonna keep on drinking the beer throughout the night so if there's a pause don't freak out it's just me just drinking the beer because i cracked it open for you so just like that um so we'll see who knows maybe it'll grow on me as we go through the episode like i said all right guys that's it that's it that's the whole intro the whole spiel i got for you guys right now so um let's dive in guys a lot of hockey stuff happened this week like a lot of anniversaries popped up uh some news about coaches uh some about players so a lot of stuff happened this week uh to be honest i i thought it was almost going to be a whole hockey show when like there there would be no basketball no football whatsoever but i found this the other day and it popped up again on my social media feed uh as well and that is jj watt mania continues surprise surprise so saw this from espn if you don't know how well you guys trust espn and their news source or their uh personalities the talking heads that they have but per a source of espn on the jj watt mania jj has narrowed his search down to three teams it's now come down to the green bay packers the buffalo bills and the tennessee titans i guess J.J. Watt must have heard last week's show about how much we hated Cleveland or how much I hated Cleveland and decided, you know what? I don't think I want to go there anymore. Sounds like a shit shithole. Well, as far as I, as far as my opinion goes, I think it is a shit shithole. Uh, sorry, Cleveland fans, if you're listening. Uh, my cousin, on the other hand, my co-host, believes that it's a pretty good place. It gets a bad rep. It, it, people need to go before they give it a bad rep. Um, so, but Cleveland is no longer on the list. I'm, I'm not going to say thank you, JJ, but I'm going to say that he must have heard what we were sent, what I was saying about it and was like, you know what? I don't want to go now. I don't want to go. Uh, so Green Bay, Buffalo and Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm a little, I'm, I'm still a little stunned by Tennessee came up in, in a previous episode when we were talking, uh, as possible, uh, teams interested in JJ. So Tennessee is interesting. I'm I'm very cons- I'm uh, very interested about that. He'll definitely stay in the AFC division that he's currently that he was in with uh, the Houston Texans. So I don't know. I mean, is it prob- maybe it's a good way to try and stick it to the team that cut ties with him? I'm I don't know. Um, now the other two teams, uh, Mike actually mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, he said Buffalo, and he said Green Bay. Those were his two of his top five picks that he thought J.J. would go to. Um, to be honest with you, I like Green Bay. One, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, or was. Uh, I'm a, an occasional cheesehead. Um, that I was an occasional cheesehead when the Packers were making their way through the playoffs this year until they finally ran into a brick wall that was Tampa Bay. Uh, and Tom Brady was it Mike said that the Packers made sense to him because his brother 
plays in uh, Green Bay. No, no, no. His brother, I'm sorry. Fact check. His brother plays in Pittsburgh. He went to college in Wisconsin. So, had to fact check myself there, guys. Hold hold myself accountable. Got to do it. I am not going to be one of those uh, people who just says whatever the heck and without any consequences. So, had to fact check myself there. Um, so, Packers makes sense, and I'm okay with it as a cheesehead, obviously. Buffalo, I'm still a little shocked by Buffalo, uh, but not as much as Tennessee. And the reason why not as much about Tennessee with Buffalo is Buffalo just came out of nowhere this year. And that and it could be that because the Patriots were bad, uh Tom Brady uh signed with Tampa Bay. So, I mean, maybe Buffalo will now be the team in the AFC East. Maybe it's their division now. I mean, they were they were a close second uh for for a while behind the Patriots. Um, Miami never had a chance, and if you say the Jets, ha! Sorry. Um, I, I, every team believes they have a chance, but Jets and Dolphins, I, I can't take you seriously. So those two kind of make sense. Buffalo is now a contender in the AFC East. He could go to a team that is a contender that could potentially win the AFC East and then go to the playoffs and then either play possibly Baltimore, possibly Kansas City, and and those two teams could be the roadblocks or could be the challenges that Buffalo will run into to, to get to a potential Super Bowl. But I, Tennessee, I don't know. It's interesting. Tennessee isn't really growing on me in terms of a team that he could pick. Uh, but Green Bay would be my first pick. Buffalo, maybe. I think it maybe is a good second choice. Tennessee, it, I guess it all depends on what Tennessee offers him. And uh, what 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 are these teams actually going to offer him? What's the deal? How many years? How much money? And then we go from there. But, uh, JJ, I hope you pick Green Bay, and hopefully you join Packer Nation. And uh, that's all I got on football. That came up a couple days ago. Um so I was hap- I was kind of happy to see that that Cleveland wasn't in there. So sorry Cleveland fans, but again, I'm not a fan. I've only heard bad things. Um I'm sure my opinion could change if you invited me up, maybe give me a tour of the city, you know, take me out for a few beers, you know. We'll make a mandate out of it. It's a mandate. You take me out for a few beers. You show me around town. I'm a history guy. Maybe you, maybe you explain a little bit about the history of Cleveland, some interesting facts. You know, guy it up for me. And who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll come on here and I'll give a um, an apology. And I'll say, you know what? I was proven wrong. Who knows? But uh, Cleveland, you're out. <laughs> and uh, I also saw something that the Raiders are still in the hunt, but they're a dark horse. Like, they're in the shadows. They're just like... Hey, want to come to the dark side? <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, guys. We will see what happens. Uh, I didn't include this in today's notes. Moving on from JJ Mania. I didn't include this in today's notes because I didn't know if it was going to be this episode that we talked about it. It's the last Saturday in February. Uh, so March is right around the corner, 
and that means March Madness will soon be upon us. And I can't wait for March Madness. After it was canceled last year, I, I'm sure a lot of guys out there had a bit of a had a breakdown. Like, no, not March Madness is canceled, but it was. But now that they have some sort of a plan to how this is going to go down, and that March Madness will happen in Indianapolis or around the Indianapolis area, so that's something to look forward to in, in this coming month. But what I did not include is that it's not March yet, and we've already got a lot of upsets. Let me go to uh, my social media feed real quick here, guys, because um, I I just couldn't believe all the upsets that kept popping up the this week in basketball, or, or even last week in basketball too. You had unranked Colorado beat uh, number nineteen USC eighty to sixty two. You had unranked Michigan State beat number four Ohio State, 71-67. You had unranked North North Carolina State beat number 15 Virginia, 68-61. I wouldn't call this an upset. Both teams are are ranked. But uh, number 20, Arkansas, beat number six Alabama. Alabama is, like, uh, unbelievably good this year. And I, I have to say that. I mean... A little bit of humility from a Kentucky Wildcats fan. I have to say that. I mean, they're just... It's their... I, I believe it's their year of the SEC. So, but they ran into uh, the uh, Razorbacks of Arkansas. Lost 81-66. to Another upset. Unranked Georgia Tech. 69 beating number 16 Virginia Tech. 53. And then again, wow! Michigan State again. This was a couple. This was before the Ohio State game. Michigan State eighty-one beating number five Illinois, seventy-two. Wow! Michigan State. Uh, then unranked Kansas State beats number seven Oklahoma, sixty-two fifty-seven. Then we had a. Uh, th- this wasn't an upset, but a very good and very close game last week uh, or earlier this week, and that was uh, Texas. And uh, Kansas, Texas holding on uh, to beat Kansas uh, 75-72 in overtime. So March Madness is coming, guys. It's coming. I hope you guys are ready for it because I'm, I'm gearing up for it. I am. I cannot wait. And that I'm, I've already got my two days off for the beginning of March Madness. Uh, I'm going to hang out with my family We're going to drink beer, eat some wings, and we're going to watch some college basketball the way God intended it to be. (laughs) So, but March Madness is coming. Gear up. It is on its way. All right, guys, moving on. We are now headed into hockey, my favorite sport and the reason why we made this show. So hang on to your hats, folks. We got some stories to talk about. Top story in hockey is Montreal Canadiens have fired head coach Claude Julien. The Canadiens were off to a strong start battling with the Toronto Maple Leafs for the top spot in the North Division. However, they have been in a bit of a slump recently and have now dropped to fourth place in the division. Uh, Julien has been with the NHL since 2002 coaching teams such as the Canadiens, uh, which is where he got his start then the Devils, then the Bruins, which ultimately ended up in uh, 
resulted in a 2011 Stanley Cup uh, championship. There were a few other appearances, but that was the only one. Um, and then he went back to Montreal a few years ago. Uh, interim coach is now Dominique Ducharme. I hope that's how you say it, and I'm not trying to make fun of your make fun of this guy's name. Never heard of the guy until just a few days ago. And now former NHL forward Alex Burrows has been added to the coaching staff. Uh, one, I'm shocked by the firing of Claude Julian. I really am. Uh, did not see that coming. That's the first. I think that is the first vacancy of the season for coaching uh, in the NHL. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe that is the first firing, uh, resi- resignation, uh, was it um, loss of coaching duties uh, this this season in the NHL. As a Bruins fan, did I know he was a Canadians coach before he came? Uh, to be honest with you, no, I didn't until... Um, they brought it up a couple years ago, and he was like, "Oh, he's headed back to his old, uh, to his uh, to his roots, his uh, his Montreal roots." And I was like, "What? What do you What do you mean? He was a Montreal Canadiens coach? Apparently, he was. Uh, now, should now should I say does the 2011 Stanley Cup championship not count because we had a former Montreal Canadiens coach? No, absolutely not. I take that championship." Uh, any day. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care where they come from. You know, and that because I've had people who who have uh, said to me like, "Oh, you know, that's really a Montreal Canadiens uh, Stanley Cup." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Oh, Claude Julian. He was the head coach of uh, Montreal, so that's really a Montreal uh, Stanley Cup. No, it's not. It's in Boston. It's number six. Get over it, guys. Uh, first off, Montreal hasn't been this relevant in forever so uh congratulations you're relevant again but for how long and they got they just squeaked in last year too in terms of the whole playoff format and all these teams that made it into those the hub uh playoff series uh last year so they they just skimmed by to make it i mean it wasn't by much and if and if you actually thought the habs had a chance going in you, you were nuts. Uh, let's be honest here. You were nuts. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Dominique Ducharme. I hope that is his name because that's the, that's the best way I can pronounce it. Um, uh, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But Alex Burrows? Alex Burrows? The guy who played on the Vancouver Canucks during that 2011 Boston Bruins Stanley Cup uh, championship series? The guy who bit, um, was it Boston? I can't remember the players' names, but he bought, he bit, um, Boston fingers in fights or in tussles. It's like, oh my gosh, and that, and then uh, I loved it how like, uh, watching that series, how some of those, um, first off, Bur- Burroughs was a dirty player. Let let that let the record state that Alex Burroughs was a dirty player. Now there are dirty players out there, and that and if somebody says, "Well, what about Brad Marchand?" Yes, he is. 
I am not going to be one of those Boston Bruins fans that says, oh, no, he's not. You guys just paint him in a bad light. No, 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 no. He is. He's a, he's a dirty player. He is a dirty player. Don't get me wrong. All right? I am going to be one of those fans who says, yes, he is a dirty player, but he is my dirty player. He's on my team. Now, should that mean that we want that kind of behavior? Do we want that kind of person on a team? No, but sometimes that behavior is called for. It is hockey. It is a rougher. It is a tougher sport. If you're a snowflake, if I mean, this is not a game for the weak of heart. Okay, if you can't take it, you don't get on the ice. It's that simple. This is a dirty sport. It's always been a dirty sport. And that and I mean, same thing goes for Pittsburgh fans and Sidney Crosby. They'll they'll say Sidney Crosby isn't a dirty player. And that he just he just gets targeted a lot. Oh please, that guy dives like it's no tomorrow. Okay? Gloves are the name of this show is Drop the Gloves. The gloves are off here, people. I'm going full force on this. Alright? Sidney Crosby, crybaby Crosby. And that he is just as bad as any other player. Okay? Now there are worse players out there. Okay, there there have been worse players. Now, am I saying Sidney Crosby is the dirtiest? Absolutely not. Is Brad Marchand probably in today's league? Um, but has he always been that way? No, there were other players ahead of him. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the who was the Dallas Stars guy. Uh, I think his name was Avery. Mike Avery? I, I don't know if that's the cur- I don't know if that's his first name, but I remember Avery. Avery was such. Oh my gosh, what an sob. Oh my gosh, every time he stepped on the ice, I waited for somebody to just clock him. I mean, it's like, this guy is so dirty. What is he doing out there? Um, but Alec, going back to Alex Burroughs. Alex Burroughs, my gosh. I mean, dirty player for Vancouver. Um, I remember when he got... Uh, I remember the moment when he did bite a Boston Bruins finger... Brad Marchand then went up to him in a later game of the series and stuck his fingers like up to his mouth and was like, go ahead, bite it, bite it. And I'd go- trying to goat him into doing it. Um, he didn't do it. Uh, he-, he didn't bite Marchand that time. And I guess that's where Marchand probably picked up. Did Maybe... We we need the we need this confirmed. Maybe Brad Marchand learned some of those dirty tricks from Alex Burroughs during the 2011 uh, Stanley Cup Championship Series. Any any takers? Any takers on that? Do, I mean the whole licking thing. I mean don't get me wrong, that is disgusting, Brad. That is disgusting. I would never do that. I mean what the hell? Licking other players? Ah, oh, that was that's just that's nuts. And uh, so maybe he maybe he maybe he picked up something, you know. Burroughs transmitted like some sort of uh, dirty disease, hockey playing disease, or something to Brad Marchand. Now Brad Marchand still scores, people. All right. I mean, I'm going to bounce all over the place on this, and uh, so be prepared. I'm and that uh, Brad Marchand, and that uh, is still a decent player. Is he dirty? Yes, but he's still decent. He still scores. He still contributes. It's not like he goes out there, skates around, and tries and picks a fight with the biggest guy on the ice, or tries and plays the dirtiest play or whatever. He still wants to score. He still wants to contribute to his lineup. He's on the top line for the Boston Bruins. So you, there's no way you put somebody who is completely dirty or who is completely um, going out there looking for a fight on the top line. You don't do it. You would put that guy on the fourth line or the third line. Uh, but he's on the top line. 
Same with Sidney Crosby. He's on the top line. Now, is he dirty? Yes, but he contributes. I mean, he's he's one of the best players in the league. Yes, I said it. I know the words hurt coming out of my mouth. But he is a good player, and he contributes a whole lot. But he does flop. He does uh, embellish a lot. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say. That That's what he does. Um, but, I mean... Alex Burroughs, my gosh. I just hope Alex doesn't teach any of the players on the Montreal Canadiens, like, hey, this is how you get away with that kind of call, or that's how you get away with this kind of penalty, on that, or, hey, when, like, uh, remember, um, I'm going to use a hockey movie reference here, folks. Uh, remember the um, first Mighty Ducks movie? And that when Gordon Bombay is trying to teach the District 5 team before they were the Ducks, before he named them the Ducks, uh, how to play um, cheap or cheat in a game. Uh, uh, And he told Charlie, like, act like you got cut, and when he stops, you, like, you go for it. You pick up the puck and you go. I mean, just once the player thinks you're hurt, he stops pounding you into the boards, and then the next thing you know, you got a free, you're free and clear, and he thinks you got hurt. But um, hopefully Alex Burroughs doesn't turn into that kind of a coach for the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll see what happens with this. Uh, Claude Julien is now looking for a job, maybe. Um, He did have uh, heart problems last year um, going into the uh, Hub City playoffs. He didn't didn't make it because he had um, uh, either heart surgery or he took some time off because he had heart problems. Uh, so who knows? Maybe this is like a maybe a good step for Cla- for Julian for uh, figuring out. Hey, maybe I'm getting up there in age. Maybe I don't have what it takes to keep going anymore. Or who knows? He he may be in now in line for um, a potential job down the road, uh, which leads into this next story that I have, uh, which is former Minnesota Wild coach Bruce Boudreau showed interest uh, this week being uh wanting to be the seattle kraken's head coach uh for the new expansion team now no one from the seattle organization has reached out to boudreau nor had he had direct contact with the franchise either he didn't reach out to them they didn't contact him he was just probably asked a question like what would you like to do next season or hey like have you thought have you any thoughts about going back into coaching and he probably said, you know what? I would probably like to be the head coach of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, now, Boudreau has coached in the NHL for well over a decade, uh, being the head coach for teams such as the Anaheim Ducks, the Washington Capitals, and re- and last with the Minnesota Wild. He was let go last season, halfway through last season, and he hasn't coached since. I don't know. So maybe maybe uh, Boudreau and Julian are, um, are in... Uh, or in a competition, or um, what is it? I'm trying to look for the word, people. I can't think of it. Um, they're in, yeah. I'll just say competition. They're they're eyeing that next coaching spot, and it could be uh, the Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken have have yet to announce uh, who they're going after as a, as a head coach. Uh, they've hired a GM. Uh, I don't remember the GM's name off the top of my head. But they have hi- they have hired a GM, and that's all I know so far. Um, we'll see. Um, 
if I had to choose, if I had to choose between the two that are available, uh, Boudreaux and Julian, I would probably pick Julian if he was up to it, if he was able to it. Uh, I believe I would pick him because he has a better winning record. He does have a better resume when it comes to um, what kind of results you can produce. I mean, the ring, the, the 2011 Boston Bruins ring definitely does help. De- definitely does help your case. Um, it's like, oh, this guy's a winner. He, he, I mean, he came in, he developed a team, developed a system, and that, and got a championship out of it. And he even led that team to another Stanley Cup. A couple of years later, granted they lost to Chicago, but I mean he he can get there. He can be possibly the guy that gets this new organization to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Boudreaux, I know he's always had trouble. Uh, my brother uh, may know more um, about Boudreaux because he was the coach for the Anaheim Ducks and my brother is a Anaheim Ducks fan. I'm going to look it up actually right now because I bet you if my brother is listening, he's yelling, uh, he's probably yelling at me going, you're, you're skipping something about him. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Bear with me, folks. Let's see here. Boudreaux, Boudreaux, Boudreaux. Um, okay. No? I guess not. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm looking. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, oh, he was. Okay, Daniel. I am so sorry, buddy. I am so, so sorry. But yes, he was. He was the coach for the Anaheim Ducks. And he's got a, cha- and he's got a Stanley Cup ring. Oh, my gosh. I am so sorry. I am so sorry, buddy. I can't believe it. Wait a minute. Now I'm now I'm looking. I'm reading the article as I'm going, and I'm like, wait a minute. It says, wait, what? What? Um, guys, this is this is live. This is raw. We're going on. I'm just I'm just reading here. I guess it. I mean, it shows. Yeah, when he was still playing, but. Okay, some somebody fact check me. I can't I can't keep on doing this. I can't keep on uh, just reading and leaving you guys hanging. So somebody fact check me. Did Bruce Boudreaux win a Stanley Cup with the Anaheim Ducks? Daniel, if you're listening to this, send me a text or whatever, and just be like, "You idiot! How could you not remember?" You're right. I'm an idiot. I, I had no idea. I, I I couldn't remember for the life of me. If it was if it was one of those. Uh, um, Questions on who wants to be a millionaire, uh, which coach led the Anaheim Ducks to their uh, first and only uh, Stanley Cup uh, championship. And if I had phone a friend, I would use you, buddy. You'd be my lifeline. You'd be my last lifeline if that was the case. But uh, I can't can't keep you guys in suspense. I I don't like dead air in that. I don't like dead air on this show. Uh, That's a... it's, it's something that I've learned from doing this for only 10 episodes is you don't want a lot of dead air. Um, and the only reason we have some dead air is while we sip the, the beer for the episode. So pause for a sip of beer. <sighs> okay, that's better. But all right. Um, but if, if Boudreaux had a ring with the Ducks and Julian has a ring with the Bruins, um... I would still pick Julian. I really would. Um, 
I, I w- if Julian was up to it, I would pick Julian to be the coach of the Seattle Kraken over Bruce Boudreaux. So that's my take on it. Uh, so two coaches, two coaches stories happened earlier this week. Um, let's see here. Next story, guys. Next story. Oh, that this one, this one was good. I uh, saw this just a few days ago. The king has returned. Now. Charlie, who, who, who do you mean? You mean Elvis? Elvis is back? No, no, no. Elvis went home. He didn't die. Elvis just went home. Um, Men in Black reference for all you people out there if you didn't get that. Um, but Henrik Lundqvist has returned to the ice in practice gear, taking shots and going through through drills uh, after, uh, after following weeks of doctor's visits and operations. Uh, Henrik has been saying he has he feels better. The doctors agree that he is doing well in his recovery. So the question is, will we see King Henry return to playing before this season is over? Now, we're at the end of February. The season goes to the beginning of May. So we have March and April, and then about a week of May. Before we get to a uh, before we get to the playoffs, so if things keep progressing the way they are for uh, Henrik Lundqvist, I think he could. It'll be late in the season. It'll be very late, and I, I think it would also have to depend not only how well he feels if he gets, but also how he has to get signed off uh, by, by his doctors, like, yep, you're in the right track. The recovery's going well. We haven't had any hiccups. There's no speed bumps. There's no, nothing to worry. We have nothing that we see that causes worry or anything in, in, um, uh, delaying it any further for you to get back to the ice and playing. So, uh, if Henry, if Henrik is still feeling better or doing well on his recovery, the doctors clear him, the last factor I see is that it would depend on what is going on with the Washington Capitals because that's who he's with now. And that it depends on how the Washington Capitals are doing uh, in, the, in the division and that if they're vying for one of those top four spots. Um, last time I checked, they were still in the, in the top four. Now... Would it be wise to bring in a cold goaltender late in the season? Well, I mean, probably not. But if you need a backup or if you have a goalie who, who is currently on your roster, who is struggling, who is not um, performing as well as you would have liked, and you're, in that, and you're in that hunt for one of those top spots to get into the playoffs, then maybe, maybe you could bring in Henrik. If everything goes well. Again, there are certain things that have to line up in order for him to come back. So, if everything lines up and he can come back, then it it all depends on the Washington Capitals. If they think Henrik is the missing piece to their goaltending squad, then I would put him in, see what he does. See how he feels. Now, the first few games will probably be shaky he may not be um in the best shape probably not in his best form may be slow here or there let a few things go by a few pucks go by him but i mean he needs to get warmed up he needs to get back into it i mean you can't just 
you can't just expect him to be hot immediately. Like, oh, everything's better. I'm ready to go. No, no, no. He needs he needs that experience. And if that results in a one in in a in a first game loss, okay, you learn from it. If it results in a two game loss, then it's like, okay, maybe and that and if if they allow him a third game late in the season and it's another loss, then it may be like, uh, hey, go go home, relax, uh, get in, back into better shape, keep keep doing what you're doing. We want you to be healthy. We want you to be happy. But we're, we're, if you're in a tight race to get to a playoff spot, then, I mean, you can't be taking too many chances or you can't be risking it too much that you bring in this guy who is three or four months late to joining and then and then suddenly everything falls apart. Now, I'm not saying Henrik Lundqvist could make things worse for the Washington Capitals. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that he shouldn't come back or if he does come back, he'll just he'll screw everything up. No. It depends on what happens. Now, I could be now that's my worst-case scenario and that's what I usually think. I usually think worst-case scenario first. Something a little bit about me, guys. I think worst-case scenario first before I think, oh, what's the best-case scenario? Best-case scenario is he comes back. Sure, he lets a few pucks get uh, by him, but he could shake it off, and he could be back in form in no time. Like, first period was a little rough. Okay, it's probably, let's say it's 2 nothing, 2 nothing going into first intermission. Maybe he comes back in the second period, and he stops every shot that comes near him. Okay, we're trending. Now, if Washington can uh, score, tie things up, then you got a game, all right? And then you got a goaltender who feels confident in net now. Then you go into the third period, and let's not let's not say there's pressure on, on the line here. Or there's there there's pressure on Henrik. Let's say that think the game's tightening up, and that certain like no no mistake no mistakes. Neither team can afford to have a really big bad mistake. Let's say there's a breakaway. Henrik Lundqvist against uh, whatever team and uh, on a breakaway. All right. If Henrik stands tall and uh, whatever deke or whatever kind of move is played out on him and he, if he can read it well enough and he stops it, that's, that's an even bigger confidence boost. And because it's an even bigger confidence boost, maybe Washington will see that, okay, he's looking good. We need to rest him tomorrow, and maybe we put him in a day or two later for another game because he looks real good in net. He, he's got that confidence back. He's, he's got that experience under his belt now that he can shake off the rust and everything. So, guys, I'm a Henrik Lundqvist fan. I really am. Henrik Lundqvist is one of my favorite goalies in the league. Um, I was not a Rangers fan. I never was. and that. But when it was Rangers versus the LA Kings a few years ago in the Stanley Cup, I rooted for the Rangers because I wanted Henrik Lundqvist, one of my favorite goalies, to win a cup. I wanted that. And so I want Henrik Lundqvist to do well. I hope he does well. And I hope he gets better, he gets healthier, and he keeps on going down this path that he's on. And event, and hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he comes back late this season, or who knows? Maybe he just takes a whole season off, and next year he'll be even healthier. He'll be even better, and we'll see what he does with the Washington Capitals. So, good job, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Can't wait to see you uh, suit up in a real game. The last two things in hockey. 
for this episode. Um, we have two anniversaries that happened earlier this week. Um, both w- occurred on February 22nd. Both of them. So that was this past Monday. I'll start. I'll start with this one. On February 22nd of 2020, we all want to forget 2020, but this was last year before COVID. A 42-year-old Zamboni driver became a hero. Dave Ayers suited up as an emergency backup goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes who were on the road facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ayers entered towards the end of the second period after uh, Mrazek was involved in a collision, I spelled that wrong, collision with a Leafs player. And James Reimer, the starting goalie, left the game in the first period after a lower body injury. Now, towards the end of the second period, Ayers allowed two goals on the first two shots that he faced, but then he saved the next eight shots he faced in the third period and was event- and was credited with a win as the Hurricanes went on to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3. to Ayers was giving a standing ovation after, be- after receiving the number one star of the game, and was showered with beers in the Hurricanes locker room. And it is now rumored that Walt Disney Company will be making a movie about Ayers and his once-in-a-lifetime moment. I remember this last year. Uh, I also remember another story uh, that happened a few years ago. I think it was 2018, uh, where um, the Chicago Blackhawks had a guy uh, suit up as an emergency backup goalie, and uh, he had his once-in-a-lifetime moment um, where he suited up for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, can't remember his name. Foster. I think it was Foster. I, I this is these are one of those sports moments that you're just like, wow, that is so cool. Sports is awesome, and it's also kind of a. I wouldn't say it's like an average Joe can do anything kind of moment. I think it's one of those an average Joe can do anything if he's that passionate or if he is that involved in what he does. Now, Ayers is a Zamboni driver for the Toronto Maple Leafs AHL affiliate, the Toronto Marlies, which is still a Maple Leaf. So he, they they know hockey. Both guys, the Chicago Blackhawk Blackhawks guy, two year or three years ago now. And uh, last year, Ayers, they both have that hockey passion in them. They, they never left the sport, or they stayed with it. And that, or they, they found a way to contribute in some way. So Foster was an emergency backup goalie. And he's, he was an accountant by day, but an emergency backup goalie that night when he got to suit up for the Chicago Blackhawks. And then you have this guy, Dave Ayers, a Zamboni driver who got to suit up for the Carolina Hurricanes. And now this is a guy who probably lives in the area of Toronto, and he got to suit up for the opposing team, but was still credited with a win. He got his first NHL win. He got his first NHL start, debut. He got a standing ovation. He got congratulated by a bunch of professionals who have spent uh, seasons or years playing together, and this guy comes out of nowhere, suits up, takes the crease. Yeah, sure, he was a little shaky in the beginning, but 
he came back out in the third period and he stopped every shot that was that went at him. I think that's a really awesome sports moment. I think that is a really cool sports moment, and that's something that should be always. Um, I, I think those moments really should always be celebrated. They should always be remembered. I really do. They're special. It, it gives it not. It, uh, the best way I can put it is it gives the game or the sports a little bit more humility. That's the best way I could put it. Because we look at these athletes. I'm, I'm going to rant here for a little bit, guys. We look at these athletes, and we think they are the top tier of their profession. We, we look at them, no matter what sport. It could be hockey. It could be basketball. It could be football. We look at these athletes, and we think, oh, they're not normal people. They're not like us. And that they, they, they're an elite class. They're, they're, they're up there. I don't want to get too political in this, but I, I feel like we all have that notion. And that, like, if we saw J.J. Watt or Sidney Crosby or, ah, uh, man, I'm trying to think of a baseball player. Oh, I, I, got, I got a perfect example for you guys. And that is, um, oh, man... I I, just, I can picture the guy's face. I just can't picture his name. Um, he was a Reds player a couple years back. Um, shortstop, second baseman. I'm I am drawing a blank. Man, this is how embarrassing. But I re, I remember I remember uh, an instant an an incident where. Um, a baseball player from the Cincinnati Reds came into Buffalo Wild Wings uh, with him and his family, um, and they had dinner. Uh, and guys, they were like probably 20, 30 feet away from where me and my brother were sitting, and that, and we're just, and a friend of ours, and we're just drinking a few beers, we're just talking or whatever. Now this guy comes in, and everybody's just like all over him. I mean, they're they they were wanting pictures, they're wanting autographs or whatever. It's like this guy came in here to eat, guys. He he didn't come in here to be. I mean, it, it, I I will say it's part of the job. I mean, you're looked up to, and people want, and you're somewhat famous. Cincinnati is a semi is a uh, smaller MLB team, but you're you're some you're semi famous. And uh, if you play for a team like the Cincinnati Reds, he eventually gets to eat dinner in in peace. And, that, and we're there the whole time. We're there the whole time. He's eating dinner. Not once did I ever think to go up to him because, one, I was in a Boston Bruins uh, jersey, and it was like, yeah, let, let's not get our picture taken with the Cincinnati Reds guy with the Boston Bruins jersey on. Um, but he had his kid there, and that, and his son was running around the restaurant, uh, and it was it was so cute to see. Um, to see that. And he was just running around just gooing and gagaing and everything and um and eventually he came up the the kid the kid came up real close to our table and that and eventually the the player i can't think of the guy's name he runs up he scoops him up and that and um we we just said hey to him and he said hey i hope you guys had a good meal have a nice night and was like thanks you too that was it that's all that's all our experience was with him we never went up to him asking for an autograph, talking to him about his job as a shortstop or a second baseman. Never talked to him about like, hey man, why aren't you hitting the ball the way you, 
the way you were last year or man you should have had that out a couple days ago no he wanted to be a regular guy he wanted to come in and have dinner with his family so I think moments like this with Dave Ayers and the foster guy for the Chicago Blackhawks gives the sport a little humility and it also paints the athletes in a different picture to where you have a guy like like these two gentlemen Ayers and Foster they they have day jobs but then they come in and they get their chance that they always wanted to play the sport that they love and not only just not only just play but they have a once in a lifetime moment they not only get to play or save shots stop pucks but they get to be recognized that they have talent even though they are an average Joe and they are respected they're treated well by professional athletes and that I mean Ayers being showered with beers by professional hockey players after your first win and your debut in your hometown and you dressed in their jersey the road team's jersey that's an awesome moment guys I can't I can't stress that enough and uh, I, I hope we all remember moments like that going forward. I hope we always remember moments like that where the guy who is probably not the most talented, probably not the most um, well-adored, but when he gets the job done, you don't care what background he's from. You still respect the player. You still respect the passion that he has to do that even when you're surrounded by your hometown fans and you put on another team's jersey that is something to be extremely proud of no matter what so that's that's one moment and if any of you guys got teary-eyed i'm sorry i i'm a storyteller that's what i do beer break uh, all right guys last thing on hockey and the last anniversary moment. What also happened on February 22nd, but this event happened a ways back. This happened back in 1980. The 80s? Anybody remember the 80s? Anybody? Me? No, I don't. I, I don't remember the 80s, but then again, I'm a 90s baby. The greatest, this is the best way I'm going to put it, the greatest underdog sports moment in America happened. The greatest. David versus a true David versus Goliath. A young team, USA, defeated a high power and dominating Soviet Union team in a semi-final hockey game at the Lake Placid Olympics. Team captain Michael Ruzioni scored the game winner halfway through the third period to give Team USA the lead for the first time in the game. And that, and that goal helped them propel the team to knocking off the greatest team in hockey and got them to the gold medal game against Finland. Now, for some of you who do remember this event and you remember it clearly, you, you were either watching it on TV or some, who knows, maybe you were there. Do you guys remember the, the Al Michaels quote, the, the famous quote at the end as the buzzer sounded? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. That Walt Disney made a movie about this event. Made a movie about 
this underdog story. And we've talked about it on this show before. We've talked about how Miracle, the movie, is one of our favorite hockey movies. And I, I love it. I love that movie. It's a, it's a great, it, it is a great American um, sports moment to where you beat a team that won the gold medal in, was it, um, was it, they had uh, gold medals in 64, 68, 72, 76. So they were four, so they were four time gold medal champions. They were projected to win 1980. No one could stop them. No one could beat this team. And that, and this was the second time ever that uh, Team USA would eventually win. Men's team would win a gold medal. And that the last one was in 1960. It is a, it is a great it is a great moment. If you've seen the movie, you feel like you're watching history transpire. It, I mean, you you. And if you're a hockey fan, you can't help but cheer, root, stand up and everything. I mean, you just, you love the interpretation that Disney brought to the moment. Uh, Kurt Russell, one hell of an actor. I, I love him in certain roles. Um, he did a great job playing um, uh, playing the coach, uh, Herb Brooks. Um, and uh, I, one thing about the movie is at the end, they show a picture of Herb Brooks and um, it said uh, Herb Brooks died shortly after filming the movie ended, uh, which means he never got to see the final production piece by by Disney. And then underneath that, it said he didn't, um, he never saw the he never saw the final piece or final production. He lived it. You don't need to see it in a different way when you've lived that moment. When you took a group of 20 young college guys and you, you, you're you an underdog. Nobody expected Team USA to even medal in the 1980 Olympics. And then they go toe-to-toe with this team. Soviet Union scores first. It's one nothing. USA scores. Uh, it's 1-1. Um, I think that was... Yeah, I think that was the end of the that was the score at the end of the first period. No. Am I wrong? No. No, no, no. Sorry. First period ended 2 to 2. They they USA scored the last goal um in the first period making it 2-2 and then the goalie Vladislav Tridiak uh the 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 brick wall in net for the Soviet Union was benched after that. That in and of itself is historic. So a new goaltender comes in for the Soviet Union. Soviet Union does score one goal in the, in the middle frame. It's 3-2. Team USA would score two goals in the third period, one to tie, and then one to take the lead, and then had to fend off a high-powered Soviet Union dominating team, hold them off for half of a period to... Um, uh, to slay the giant that it that was uh, the 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 Goliath to slay the giant Goliath, uh, which was that team, the Soviet Union. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to storytell here, guys. So I'm sorry if I'm spilling over my words, but I, again, it's another awesome moment. I love that moment. But uh, I'm I'm going to say this as part of that moment. There's a there's another side of that coin 
like I said uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about our favorite hockey movies and our favorite moments and Miracle being a true event um, is that there is a documentary called Of Mice and Men and it's about the Soviet Union team it's about how Russia got into hockey it's about Russia's rivalry with Canada it's about Russia uh, seeing hockey as a bit of a um, was it they, they called it a romanticized sport uh, to eventually it became all about time it all became about energy it all came about stats and uh, the, the original coach for the national team was replaced by this guy who just treated these players as machines not even as humans they had these high levels of achievement achievements to make and each gold medal was not enough they had to win the next one it's not enough that you won this one you have to win the next one too so you got to see the u.s you got to see the other side of the coin in that documentary you got to see like man you've kind of felt bad about these players but at the same time as an american citizen and as a hockey fan you can't help but look at these moments like the Team USA one where they beat the Soviet Union and then went on to beat Finland and win their win a gold medal when nobody projected them to win even a single medal, silver or bronze, and they win gold here in USA, in New York. So that, that's an incredible event, guys. It's really incredible, but... Just just a spoiler alert for all of you out there. If you don't know this, uh, uh, after that, Soviet Union like team crumbled and they, they they weren't good ever again. No no no, that was it. That that one game, that was it. <laughs> and that they uh, they uh, I think yeah I think Soviet Union went on to play for uh, the bronze medal, and I'm pretty sure they won. They won that. The, they won the bronze medal um, but I mean that didn't stop them they went on to win again They that was just a speed bump that one loss to USA was a speed bump to them they kept going and uh, they kept be- they, they were they, they were still the dominating team uh, it was I mean they came home uh, kind of disgraced they were kind of disgraced. Nobody met them at the airport. There was no hero's welcome. There was no, had eh, better luck next time. It was kind of a, uh, they snuck in, in back into Russia. Um, the team captain was actually um, cut from the team once they got back. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will say this was part of the documentary. He was cut from the team, and then a couple months later, he was killed in an auto automobile accident. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it was communist Russia. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Almost believed in miracles in Canada back in Vancouver in 2010. Uh, when uh, Team USA played Canada in the gold medal, forced overtime, uh, I was—I remember working, um, working that day, that Sunday, when they had that uh, had that game, and uh, was it? I, I was I was checking my phone. Um, wasn't supposed to be, but I was checking my phone every like ten minutes, like, oh, what's the score? What's the score? 
And um, at one point, I saw Canada was up, and I was just like, oh, man, I want to get home. I want to watch this. I mean, I was busting my butt that day. I was doing everything I could to get home so I could watch the end of that game. And I got home with just enough time to watch Team USA pull Ryan Miller, the goalie at the time, pull the goalie, uh, get a six skater out there, and tie it with, like, I think it was, like, less than 10 seconds left in the third period to force overtime. Uh, you, you, I mean, hearts sunk for Canada. I mean, I bet you they, they just couldn't wait to pop off uh, once that clock hit zero. But uh, Team USA scored. I got home. My brother, my dad, we're all jumping up and down. We're happy as can be. We can't believe it. I can't, I couldn't believe I got to see that moment. It was such a great moment. Uh, but, like, what is it, five, ten minutes later, heart, I, I got to live heartbreak as well. I got, to, I got to experience joy, but I also got to experience heartbreak. And I got to watch, uh, uh, I got to say it, guys. I have to. I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. I got to watch, <laughs> I watched Sidney Crosby. The golden boy uh, got to watch Sidney Crosby score the overtime winner and give Team Canada, the host country, a gold medal win that they will never forget. And uh, just it it ate it ate us up inside watching that. Just ate us up inside watching it. Uh, but it was it was awesome to also. Um, not saying this was like a consolation prize or anything, but silver medal, we got to see USA get silver, but Ryan Miller was also considered the player of the tournament. So that was really good and felt so bad for Ryan Miller. He played his he played his butt off in that tournament in 2010, and we were kind of hoping he would do it again in 2014. But uh, Jonathan Quick was actually the starting goaltender in 2014 Olympics. And... Uh, USA just didn't have what it took, didn't have what it took to uh, beat Canada, and got to watch Canada shut out USA in 2014, one nothing for Canada to advance to a medal game, and USA didn't even medal that year. They lost to, I think they lost to Finland or something, but. Yeah, it is what it is. But again, guys, I mean, you, this is sports. We live for the moments. We live for the highs. We have to go through the lows in order to get to the next high, to get to the next championship, to get to that next moment. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I really wouldn't. I mean, you you learn from those moments. You learn from those moments where you get to experience the greatest high and you never want to come down off of that. Even, I mean, as a player, you never want to come down off of that high of winning. But as a fan, you don't want to come down either. Because uh, you, you love the moment, you love rooting for the team that you love, and that, but with, with, with any team or with any sporting event, there is heartbreak, and you have to accept it. There are winners and losers in sports. You have to accept it. That's it, guys. That's pretty much all I got in terms of news stories, events, opinions. I'm not going to do last call. And that, uh, because 
I, I, I don't have my partner in crime here with me. Mike, I need you for this one. Pal, I need you here. Uh, so we're going to cut this episode about uh, 20 minutes short, guys. Um, Mike, I wish you were here. I probably wouldn't have talked as much. probably wouldn't have said as much as I did. Your opinions would have been just as good, just, if not better. Uh, I I was looking forward to that Bach beer. Um, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it next week. And that, So, guys, that's it. That's all I got for this show. Uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to this uh, this week's show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Oh, and before I go, uh, be sure to please uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever it is available. It's currently available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, Breaker, uh, Radio Public, and I forget the other one, Overcast, I think. Um, and then also, please be sure to uh, follow uh, the drop the gloves podcast page pages or accounts on both Facebook and Instagram. We do try our best to keep up to date with sports. We'll send, we'll put stuff on our stories. We'll put stuff out there and uh, random hockey or sports posts out there just to try and keep you guys going through the week until we record the next episode. So that's it for me guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. I hope you wish Mike, um, well, get well soon wishes and hopefully he's back here next week for episode 11 take care guys